So last year, I picked up a book called Copywriting Is by Mr. Andrew Bolton. And that is the guy that we are speaking to today. Of course, all about copywriting. Cal's already made fun of me once saying I have an agenda with this episode, which I do. But Andrew was able to articulate brilliantly um, the value of a copywriter, uh, which I think some of you might not have known before. Yeah, it was fascinating to listen to Andrew talk about copywriting in general and obviously with Eve here as well it's essentially a two-for-one pod on copywriting so double the value in this one I think some of the topics that Andrew covered here you know definitely surprised about the usage of copywriters when they should be used in campaigns I think that will surprise a lot of our listeners so really excited for you to hear this one and really hope you enjoy it. Andrew thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, pleasure to have you here. So as our listeners will know, every week we start off with our overarching question. And this week that is, what does a copywriter bring to the table, be it agency or in-house? As with all the questions I'm probably going to answer today, my, my answer is going to be skewed to a very, very copywriter bias. I think... Oh, same here. Cal, yeah. you need to balance us out. I know, <laughs> no. yeah. I'll, uh, I'll have to come from a different angle, I think. <laughs> yeah, we don't, who needs pictures? Pictures and colours, rubbish. It's yeah. just words. Um, but I think it, it's one of those things where if, if you kind of break down this industry or the wider kind of advertising marketing world into a really, really it's fundamental component, it's communication. It's kind of talking to people. It, it's, you know, I don't like to talk about kind of starting conversations with brands because I'm not entirely sure that's always how you know our audiences see it but fundamentally it's a communication business it's about putting messages out into the world that, that people are going to kind of notice and pay attention to and and be absorbed by I, I think there's there's such kind of close parallels between copywriting for a brand or a product or a service and the sort of writing that engages us and entertains us in, in, in kind of non-commercial ways And Mm -hmm. I think we've got that responsibility to provide people with something that they're going to want to read and enjoy reading and remember reading and possibly, hopefully, act upon reading. So I I do feel like the copywriter, the person who knows how to kind of, you know, use their words in in the most surprising and effective and and sort of disruptive way, it is the essence of that. It's the essence of that process. And I, I think you could strip a lot of things out of uh, a kind of a marketing process a communication process and it wouldn't be as good and it would affect the you know the, the quality and the output but you could probably muddle through somehow but i think if you haven't got that professional words person that person who understands language and it's kind of possibility i i feel like you know you're riding a bike with no wheels that you you're not going to go anywhere you're not going to kind of achieve the thing you set out to do and weirdly, I think having said all of that, writing, especially in, in possibly, you know, the social world and the content world, is something that's still really weirdly undervalued. And I, I you know, I read the, these kind of manifestos on what an effective content strategy is. And I, I, I listen to, to brands and, and how they're kind of investing so heavily in content. And it feels like they're taking their writers for granted still. You know, a writer, mm. you know the writer in that process is, is just a cog in the machine. It's just another kind of piece of equipment. If you want to do content well, you hire a great writer and you let them do great writing. I think it it can be boiled down to something as simple as that. I like the way you phrased it then as well, professional words person. I think I'll be putting that on my LinkedIn. But yes. you know, speaking of definitions, because I think obviously the roles evolved over the years and people will use copywriters for different things. How would you define the role of a copywriter in 2021? And has it actually changed that much? It probably hasn't changed an awful lot because I, I think at the heart of it, certainly what we teach our students on 
uh, on the ad course I teach on is that the copywriter can't just be the person who turns up at the end and, and kind of polishes the message and, and, you know, rearranges the uninspiring words into something beautiful and meaningful and, and purposeful. They, they have to be there at the beginning of the process when you think about what it is you want to communicate and how. So I think it is an ideas role. Now, traditionally, I suppose the ideas element of copywriting has only ever been attached to conceptual stuff. So it was the it was the big advertising campaigns. It's working on the big TV spots, you know, the big, you know, incredible outdoor stuff that you, you see. But I think that conceptual bit, that ideas driven thing works all the way through all the disciplines of, of kind of modern copywriting. If you're working on a social team, if you're working on a content account, it's got to come from an idea. It's got to come from a place where you feel like you have a concept, you have an original original point to make or an, an original way to make an old point. So before you, you start to scribble anything, I think there's a huge amount of kind of creative and, and kind of communication work that goes into that process to determine what you should be saying, where you should be saying it, how you should be saying it, and you know what you want the outcome of, of those words to be. No, definitely. I think there's a difference that a lot of brands haven't like grasped yet where it's you're not just writing words like you are crafting the narrative and sometimes yeah. that's more than like yeah just the words on the page you're absolutely right there Eve you know obviously yourself and Andrea both well versed in the copywriting area I think from my point of view um, having worked with copywriters albeit you know on, on several campaigns but still not too familiar exactly what goes on behind the scenes you know I think naturally when we think of copywriters we think of people who right copy without sounding <laughs> stupid you know actual physical words that are seen by yeah. audiences that's a copywriter's job and i think that's what people sometimes think you know copywriters are only on projects there to add the words nothing else that's the copywriter's job but yeah. i think actually behind the scenes is more than meets the eye and, and i think the question here would be how can copywriters really enrich work without their words ever being seen there's got to be an element i think behind yeah. the scenes you know, where, where copywriters are so valuable that we don't see. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think I think what you're sort of talking about there is this tendency within the industry and certainly within kind of, you know, individual agencies to mistake the skill for almost the, the mechanics of it, for the equipment. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there are incredible designers whose value isn't, uh, doesn't only begin and end when they sit down and they open up Photoshop. It's in this ability to kind of, you know, see the world in a very kind of original and surprising way and kind of assemble these visual stories, these really kind of compelling and effective visual stories. That's not really a lot to do with Photoshop. Photoshop is kind of how it plops out into the world as a thing, but the real work is, is done away from the computer and away from the desk. Mm -hmm. And I think the same is true of copywriting. Unless you're sat typing, visibly typing in an office, are you copywriting? Well, yeah, of course you are. Of course you are. That's almost, you know, without being flippant that's almost the, like the least important part of it when you actually sit down and you pour this stuff out of your brain that's that's been for formulated and I, I think you know i remember vicky ross talking about that uh there's great copywriting is sometimes being the one to say we're going to take that word away or we're going to take all the mm -hmm. words away nice um and i know some people still you know of a more traditional leaning find it hard to to say that an advert with no headline on it or no words on it is that really communicating as effectively and powerfully as it could I, I don't agree with that. I think you look at some ads where there are no words um, because a copywriter has been able to say, we don't need that line in there. The copywriter has been at the heart of kind of what it is we're trying to communicate and working alongside these kind of more visual people to shape a story that just speaks, you know, on such a vivid and such almost a primal level that you don't need that kind of caption, that, that kind of explanation that goes with it. So, you know, how do how do we get people to value the fact that 
copywriters and designers and creative people are, are, are kind of continually doing something and adding value to a project, even if they're not physically doing the, the technical thing you, you kind of associate with their job. I don't know. I feel like if you don't recognize that and you don't value that, then you're, you're probably never going to. And it, it, it's like an uphill battle. You know, it's a losing uphill battle. Um, what I would say is you see more and more uh, the agencies and certainly the people I work with, when they see what a copywriter does and they start to understand what that process is and they realize it's not just, here's a brief, I'm going to go away and type something and give you three options and you can choose the best line. They they start to see what that value is and, and they start to build it into their process and they start to adopt it. So I work with agencies who don't have uh, copywriters in-house, but they have started to recognize that every project needs a copywriter's involvement and input, even if the you know what, what comes out at the end isn't particularly wordy or isn't particularly conceptually wordy or, or you know driven by language. It's still that kind of communication expertise. It's being able to kind of craft and, and, and develop these stories and figure out the best way to deliver a story. Um, I, I think that's kind of what we what we do and there's a really different as you've just heard from my really rambling answer it's a really difficult thing to kind of express and explain and and sell into people i actually think copyright is sometimes fall victim to the actual job title i don't know if that makes sense yeah. you know copywriting yeah, when you yeah. write copy working across you know brand campaigns uh, in the past i always seem to find copywriters are only really brought in sometimes anyway on the bigger campaigns you know and it seems yeah. to be like there's more budget we can afford a copywriter or um if there's this bigger narrative we definitely need a copywriter for that but are we actually forgetting the always on the bau content you know the stuff that we always see on our feed why why do we not seem to have our professional writers our copywriters on our bau or yeah. always on content surely there's an impact that they can have here on something that with the majority of the time other than the big campaigns we see I, I think it's completely that. And I, I think I, you know, this is very, very anecdotal. And I, I, I'm really wary of making these big generalizations because I think there's a lot of really, really good practice out there, especially around kind of very content-driven brands and businesses. But I also know of plenty of situations where the person who is writing that content, who are, you know, who are good writers, they're often young writers, they're developing their craft, but they've got a lot of kind of, you know, creativity and they've got a lot of sort of technical skill. They are expected to write and do something else. It's almost like writing is this thing we squeeze in around other duties, mm -hmm. uh, especially in kind of sort of content and social driven stuff. It's your job isn't exclusively to write. It's to write the thing, but then post the thing and monitor the thing and report back on, you know, how the thing was received and, you know, help develop the strategy about what the next thing is going to be. And I, I almost feel, and this is perhaps an old fashioned attitude, but I think it's probably still true that if you're working in writing, if you're working as a copywriter in whatever modern medium that might be in, your job, your only focus, your obsession for that day must be words and writing and the best way to express something and the best way to kind of develop these stories and, and kind of pull together, you know, whether it's an article, whether it's kind of bite-sized social media content, whether it's writing product descriptions on a website, your only focus should be writing because I don't think it's the kind of job you can just do with, with just kind of half of your attention or half of your brain. I think you have to feel like you're a writer and that's what you're here to do and that can that's your only concern and i think as soon as you start to tell people well writing's not a big deal it's not a, you know a thing that you need to spend all your time and focus on i think you're you're straight away you're torpedoing your own content because you're you're not valuing the craft and the creativity and the input of the writer purely by saying to them 
um, do this, but do something else as well. No, I completely agree with that. And I, I definitely have my own thoughts on this one, but I want to hear, Andrew, in your experience, what stage, um, so this is talking about bigger campaigns again now, not just BAU, um, but at what stage in the sort of campaign or content creation process do you think it's best to involve a copywriter? It, it's got to be at the beginning. You know, I, I think... Uh, at any other point, yeah, well, put it put it this way: the further away you get from the beginning, the less the impact a copywriter is is able to have. You know, I, I've been brought in on things before where this is this is you know a, a grand old cliche of copywriting. Are we going to bring in a copywriter just to polish it up? Yeah. Well, it doesn't work like that. I, you know, I'll happily sit and I'll tidy up your your blog or your that's website editing. content. That's not copywriting. <laughs> I've 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 heard that statement many a time, many a time. We're just gonna we'll bring him. He'll polish it up. He'll make it look good. It's, it's editing, isn't it? But sometimes you get in there and like what the idea has already been crafted, and you'll find that if you were at the beginning, maybe this is like creative's ego speaking but you think oh like it could have taken that direction but at that yeah. point you are just sort of tidying up an existing idea yeah and i think you you kind of make a sort of a silent call in your brain as a copywriter at that point and it's depending on what you're feeling for the client and your sense of of what they're all about but you go one of two ways you either say look i don't want to be that that person but i think this could be better and i think there's a different way to do this would you like me to do that and you can put the two side by side and you can make a call or sometimes you just think, do you know what? I'll I'll take the pay here. I'll I'll do what you want me to do. It's it's not particularly difficult. It's not very exciting for me, but I, I will do it, and I'll kind of accept. Uh, I'll accept the money that you are offering me, and I'll I'll walk away. And I'll always kind of regard that as a brand, you know, however nice and and however kind of good their intentions are, who don't get it, who who don't get what they're they're trying to do, and are probably, you know, this sounds really harsh. They're probably just pissing their money away from a content point of view. Uh, and in terms of kind of what they're putting out there for words because they don't value it and when you don't value it you know you're never going to see the value back from it yeah and i think it's if we just stay on campaigns for a moment i'd, I'd like to explore like i said the use of the copywriter across the board so we always talk about you know tailoring content to different platforms the absolute you know staple so mm. you won't see a tv ad on tiktok for example yeah i'm interested to know if that translates to copywriting as well whether copywriting differs between platforms mediums you know from social to out of home is the different tone of voices needed for different mediums I, I think it's it's kind of a dangerous territory to get into uh, and the reason I say that is I think if you feel like there is a, a sort of a significantly different way to kind of communicate to people on on this platform versus that platform and I'm not saying there aren't differences between them but if you think there's a really kind of fundamental difference about the way we should talk to this group of human beings versus that group of human beings i think you end up second guessing yourself and your idea to death I, I think you kind of tie yourself up in knots about what's the perfect way to you know to, to kind of express this thought you know in this environment now i'm not saying it shouldn't be a consideration of course it should it, you know from a, a from a technical and a logistical point of view if nothing else but i honestly believe and you know i i'm not on tiktok i'm a I'm a 30, I'm not 39 year old man. I'm a 40 year old man recently. Um, it's, it's not my world. I'm not there for it. But you come across these things, you know, that get shared on Twitter. And in the same, the same thing I see in these TikToks is the same thing I see on, you know, big grand cinematic ads from big old, you know, advertising agencies. It's just, it's fantastic craft. It's just a brilliant, you know, playing with words to, to do something that feels fun and surprising and new and, and just really, really compelling. So, you know, without wanting to sound too sort of wishy-washy, I think the focus for any copywriter 
is to just write really, really well. And then you're going to figure out a way and people are going to help you figure out a way to get those words into the right place in the right format. But good writing, compelling writing, you know, fantastic stories. That's the priority. That's the job. And as soon as you put other considerations before that, I feel like you start to dilute it. I feel like you start to get away from the thing, the value that we really add. Mm. Yeah, I agree with you there. I mean, I have always held the belief that for certain platforms, Twitter, TikTok, the community has its like specific way of speaking. And it's quite challenging sometimes trying to strike the balance, especially on behalf of brands who have their own established tone of voice, striking the balance between how they want to come across and also relating to this group of people of a certain age um, who speak a certain way on a certain platform. Um, Especially when you're talking about like the written meme, like those, you know, like text meme formats that go everywhere. And you can tell when a brand, like their heart isn't really in it or they're not suited for it. But like some brands do it uh, really well. I think Amazon Prime Video is a really good example of that. Um, They've adapted to sort of Twitter and TikTok language very well. But yeah, I guess the trick is sort of still sounding like the brand at the same time. But yeah, Yeah, I I agree with you saying like good writing should stand anywhere. And I think, you know, there's a lot of kind of honesty from brands that should be happening that probably isn't. Um, and sometimes you just have to say as a brand, if you know yourself really well and you, you know your voice and you know your audience and you, you kind of know that, the, you know, you know what you're trying to communicate and how you wish it to be, you know, received. You kind of have to say sometimes this channel is not for us. Now, I don't think that's as, as kind of basic as, you know, we're too old to be on TikTok thing. But I think you can sometimes say our voice is more important and maintaining it and preserving it and, and, and just, you know, enriching it continually is more important than having to force it into a place where it doesn't necessarily belong. And I think it takes a really courageous brand to say this thing that everyone's on, uh, that, you know, all the marketing magazines are telling me is the next big thing. Well, we're not going to go on that because I don't think our brand translates to it especially well. And I don't think many brands do do that. I, I think as soon as the shiny thing arrives, you know, there's a scramble to be on it mm. and often without the consideration. I think what, an example I always come back to is I, I follow, I don't follow a huge amount of brands on Twitter and Twitter is probably the place I'm on the most, uh, but I follow Paddy Power and I've done some work for Paddy Power in, in the past and I talk to the students about them. I think they're an incredible example of a brand tone of voice that is, is perfectly at home in, in its environment. And again, banging the drum and, and, you know, I'm boring myself by repeating this all the time. But the reason why Paddy Power do so well in that space is because they hire brilliant writers and they let them write. And, and, you know, if you're into sports, not even particularly betting, but if you're into sports and that kind of humor, you know, just go and scroll through sort of 10 or 12 tweets from Paddy Power on any given day. And the consistency of the craft and the humor and the kind of the creativity, the messaging is brilliant. It's, it's really, really outstanding. And I think they've done an incredible job. And what, you know, that for me is a brand who said, we know where we do well. We know where we belong. We know where we, we can kind of give our audience the best presentation of who we are. Mm, I was giggling then because I can see Cal itching to say how much he loves Paddy Power because he does. You know, I'm I'm not a gambler. I, I get that out there right away. Yeah, he's I, like I, a brand fanboy. Like the work. Yeah, I do, like I say, I, I've I've never bet with them. I don't bet often, if ever. But I'll follow them. And and you're completely right. It's just from a content creation point of view. You know, the stuff they put out there, the way it's written, the way it's crafted, is just fantastic. And it, and as you said, it does work across all platforms, which is interesting as well. You know, some of the skits that they put out there, they're just so funny yeah. and so well written. 
And actually, it's probably one of the only brands out there who are really taking advantage of copywriting, I think. I'd probably, in the sports arena, I'd probably give a shout out to a publisher called Versus as well. They're really changing the game on Instagram. I don't know if you've seen them. If not, check them out. But what they do really well is they use the caption rather than the image. So they'll just post the image that everyone's posting or an image that everyone's seen. But in the Mm. caption, the caption's like a full-on paragraph, but they've got their own tone of voice. It's really well written. And the and the dwell time on these posts must be, you know, three times what other brands yeah. or publishers must be doing just because of how well it's written. It really is a craft. And I like like you say, I follow them, I follow Paddy Power, and it's just for mm. how well it's written. That's interesting. And I don't know if you found this to be the case, Andrew, but when it's like modern platforms, like when Instagram came along and then TikTok stories, we pivoted completely to like visual first formats, which I think left writing and the written word to fall a little bit by the wayside. But even like on platforms like TikTok, it's the captions, it's the comment section where, you know, this work is really coming to life. I, I think, the, you know, the caption thing, uh, particularly on sort of those visual ones, particularly on Instagram, that's, that's probably not done copywriters any favours in terms of perception because, you know, I've sat in briefs where we will we will talk for hours and hours about, you know, what's that visual that's going to go on to Instagram and the caption is, is you know, it's worse than an afterthought. It, you know, anyone can bash that out. Let's put something really sort of, you know, generic in there and and it's, it's what we were talking about being an authentic voice in these spaces and I think that's how you tell the difference between a brand who um, has a real kind of clear and distinctive idea of who they are and and is very committed to maintaining that voice by what they will write in those spaces. It's the same with, you know, product descriptions on your website. It's the same with, if you're a restaurant, what you write on your napkin. I think if you're a brand that values language and, and the power that, you know, maintaining a strong and distinctive voice and being really consistent with that, you will apply the same passion and skill and expertise to the tiny, you know, slightly forgettable stuff as you will to your big campaign headline. Mm. And, you know, these are these are brands and businesses that value words. And it seems crazy to me that you can be a brand dependent on communication, especially now when it's so hard to reach and engage an audience. How can you be a brand sort of dependent on dependent on those things and not value professional writing, expert writing, people who know how to, you know, if you give them a space of seven or eight words, use those seven or eight words in, a, in an incredible way. And it's it's just folly, you know, it's, it's self-defeating. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. I think the word afterthought uh, <laughs> yeah. hits, hits home <laughs> on that one. But Andrew, let's get into the mindset then of an agency or a brand who is going about this the wrong way. Why do you think the role of copywriter is misunderstood, you know, from, you know, getting it mixed up with editing, you know, just writing captions instead of actually crafting ideas. People, I think Cal's right, maybe there's something in the job title. People do seem to be a bit Possibly, um, yeah. confused as to what it is. I, I think at some point, pro- probably with, again, you know, as these things normally are, with, with decent intentions, it, it's, it became about volume. It became about frequency of output. And as soon as it becomes that, your care and control process and your quality control, if you like, takes a back seat. It just becomes about we've got a schedule to fill. We need to push stuff out there. And so, yes, you know, perhaps it is something to do with the kind of the role. But I also think it's this this kind of, you know, conveyor belt of kind of content. And I, I, I'm fairly neutral about the word content. I know it really, really upsets people, but I, I kind of get the purpose of having it there. But ultimately, content is communication. It's it's kind of little kind of creative messages, it's stories, it's, it's information, it's, 
it's sales pitches, whatever you where it, whatever you want it to be. It falls under that kind of umbrella of communication. And I don't think you can just say we're going to communicate 25 times this week across four platforms. That's not a communication strategy. That's not content strategy. That is just you know filling stuff up. It's filling the world with more messaging. And I think any you know these people who say that the copywriting, the craft of copywriting, has has declined or has been devalued over the years, which I don't agree with. I think there's still a huge amount of amazing writers around producing really amazing work. But the reason people feel that way is because there's so much bad stuff. And that bad stuff, I don't think, is the fault of bad writing. It's, it's a bad approach. You know, it, it's a bad vision for what you think this stuff should be. You know, show me a brand who will post twice a week with two amazing things. And I, I'm, I'm much more likely to gravitate towards that brand than someone who is always there, is on my feed every time I open my phone. But it's so generic, it's so derivative, it's so lazy. And that laziness doesn't come from a good writer. You give a, a writer a brief, they're always going to want to do something that feels fresh and original. And, you know, we talk about the role of a writer outside of actually putting words on the page is to be able to look at something and say, this isn't right. You know, this isn't the thing we should be saying. This has been done before. We want to do it in a different way. Um, but until, until we can break that cycle of, we have to be outputting. It has to be this constant state of, of output. Um, you're never going to be able to kind of stop and take a breath and look around and realize that there should be more craft. There mm. should be more creativity in this process. No, definitely. I think frequency can hinder even the most talented writer as well because no one has that many good ideas in them all the time. So that's why we were speaking to uh, the CEO of Frazy. I don't know if you've heard of them. Uh, it's like an AI copywriting technology, mm. but they mainly do like email marketing, subject lines, yeah. that kind of thing. The sort of mundane tasks that you wouldn't want your brain power held up with. So it like, frees you up to have more time to focus on the really good content. So maybe there's something mm. in that. Um, but yeah, frequency in digital is definitely a factor. Yeah, I'm just intrigued to stay on that point for a, for a second about being um, underrated or misunderstood. You know, obviously we've got kind of access behind the scenes, but when when scoping out a campaign, I think some brands may feel that inclination to forego copywriters. So, you know, when we look at, you know, budgets and, and um, costing sheets, if budget is tight, it tends to always be, and this might cut a little bit close to the home, but it tends to always be that the copywriters are the first ones to go, which after this conversation seems nonsensical. Mm. And it always seems to be that we maybe let the creatives take their cue from the brand guidelines or the tone of voice yeah. guidelines and they can run with it. You know, the creatives yes. can do this. I think I might know the answer to this one, but is that advisable? I mean, definitely, definitely not. But I, I, I understand completely why it exists. And mm -hmm. you've got to bear in mind that ever since kind of, you know, the very initial days of copywriters, copywriters who were writing for advertising, the, the complaint uh, from brands is, well, you know, uh, anyone can write. Everyone can write. Why am I paying this person to write? Anyone can write. I'll get my nephew to do it. He does an English degree. Um, so you take that, that kind of that mindset, that mentality, and then you get into social media you know, especially that kind of world where it's not just a question of, you know, a client thinking, well, everyone can write. It's not a specialist skill. They themselves probably write on Twitter. They put posts out. Now, they might they might really struggle with it. They might think they're brilliant at it. But either way, it's like, I do this thing. I physically mm -hmm. do it myself. So why do I need to pay a specialist? You know, just get someone to do that for me. And this is how you end up with these roles of what I believe are really good writers who could turn into really great writers with the right sort of development and in the right environment but 
a you know 15% of their day is just bashing out stuff you know just bashing out some posts or bashing out some captions or some product descriptions and the rest of the day they're doing something else again the problem is that um, because we are not measuring this in terms of necessarily like the effectiveness of the, the uh, of the communication how persuasive it is um, you know how it makes people feel about your brand how it makes them kind of regard you in terms of uh, a good storyteller a good you know uh, a, a good entertainer you know, it's just a question of, well, we hit our metrics. You know, we, we pushed out 45 pieces of content this week and mm. it, it got the reach that we wanted it to do. So that's a huge tick for us. So you never reflect and say something's missing from here. Why don't we just try doing less but doing it better? And doing it better means getting the right people, the right experts in every part of the process. And I think, you know, if it's communication, there needs to be a writer there. There needs to be someone who's helping shape what those, what those messages, what those stories are going to be. Couldn't have said it better myself, Andrew. Um, <laughs> I think uh, without getting too woe is me, let's end it on a positive note because I know you work okay. a lot with uh, budding copywriters, little copywriters in training. I'm interested to know as well if there's any budding copywriters listening, what you found you have to sort of prepare them for that you might not have done uh, like five years ago. I, th I think the weird thing about like young copywriters, um, so bearing in mind like back in... Well, I want to say like the early 2000s-ish. When I got into it, I got into it by accident. I, but I completely bumbled into it. I liked writing. I did some, some weird temp writing jobs in various places. And I thought, this is brilliant. This is what I want to do with my life. I, you know, I want to get paid to write. But my only things on my radar were, well, I could write a novel, which would be terrible, and that would leave me really poor. I could go and become a journalist, which I'm not sure I would have enjoyed and would also have left me relatively poor. Um, and I, that was it. I'd exhausted my options. And I, I found this thing called copywriter. And I'd literally never heard that word. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it meant. And I bumbled into it that way. And all the copywriters I speak to have a similar kind of story. We bumbled into it. You know, we loved writing. We accidentally found this thing, which is fine. You know, that's lucky for us. That's, it's turned out really well. We've, we've all had some sort of very happy, fulfilling careers. But can you imagine the amount of kind of young writers who have just missed that boat entirely and maybe yeah. discovered copywriting way too late to get into it or, or never discovered it at all and the frustrating thing is that's exactly still true today as it was when I started so we I, I teach on a creative advertising course and I teach on a creative writing course and on both of those courses very few few students have any idea of what a copywriter is or that there's a career that, that, that you know where you get paid to use your imagination and to express yourself through words so I think it's less a problem of you know what how was that how was the challenges for a young writer changed it, it's more the problem is how have those challenges for a young writer stayed the same and it's just about how poorly you know this this kind of world this career this profession these industries are communicated to kind of young creative writers at a time where they can make decisions about their future and their education and what they want to do where they will find a way to get into it Mm, no, definitely. It really surprises me that you're even running into that on creative advertising courses. Because yeah. I've, I've guess spoken at um, the creative advertising course running at Leeds Arts. And there's mm. uh, some of the graduates from last year, I saw one of them just got taken on as junior copywriter uh, at Ogilvy, which I thought yes. was absolutely fantastic. So Brilliant. that is happening somewhere. But for myself, you know, leaving secondary school, you have those really crap career days. And they say, I say, all oh, right, I'm pretty good at English. I think I might want to study that. And they'll be like, all right, you'll be an English teacher then. So yeah, I it's exactly that. <laughs> so it's I didn't crazy. study it. Not, not one mention of copywriting, but yeah, yeah, it's definitely an 
main education piece to be done. Hopefully, podcasts like this can help if we get them in front of the right eyeballs. <laughs> I, I think, you know, without wishing to, to burden copywriters, uh, I think there's a, we have a responsibility ourselves to, you know, to pass this stuff on. Um, and I think there are always opportunities for you to go and speak to colleges, to, to art schools, to universities, and just give them your experience and just tell them about your career. And You know, you don't have to be a teacher to teach this stuff. You know, we, we've all got that kind of experience and, and, and those kind of perspectives on it that, that could really genuinely put someone on a totally different path until the system kind of sorts itself out and, and we've got this kind of, you know, very fluid pathway into it. I think it's the copywriters themselves who have to take responsibility for passing on the word. Well, that seems as good a place as any to leave it. I could okay. talk about this all day, but yes, me too. Uh, we've come to the end of our rope. But thank you so much for coming to speak to us today. An absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Well, there we go then. Straight off the back of probably like a copywriter's convention, it felt like at times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but a really interesting, really, really interesting insight into the world of copyright. And I think a lot of things that Andrew covered there are so are obviously so true in the industry from both sides, obviously from agency side and from brand side. Um, and yeah, I just, I just felt, especially listening to him there, the role of the copyright is so, so so underrated. Did you I learn know something? You've, you've been preaching this for years now. <laughs> I had such an agenda with this episode. <laughs> this is me spreading the good word, but Andrew articulated it perfectly. I would expect nothing less from a copywriter of his stature. But yeah, if there's anything I want people to take away from this episode, it's that copywriters don't just edit. It's like there is so much that a writer can bring to a content campaign, like the business overall. You look at a company like Oatly, who they have quite a, um, like unorthodox model, actually. Um, but they've been able to make some great campaigns because they don't really have an accounts team or anything like that. It's just like the creatives. And they have sort of full control over the campaigns. Like they're all like writers at heart. And yeah, it's definitely about the narrative and not just the words on a page. I think especially what he said about bringing copywriters in from the beginning, even if you think this is not yep. going to be a text-heavy piece of work, we might not necessarily need a writer. Um, it's really helping you communicate that story, whether it's visually or, you know, any any other way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said in one of our first questions, I think the words copywriting has set people down the wrong path that people like yourself and Andrew are trying to correct What now. do you think the job title should be? Theo used I, to be creative copywriter, but I think even the word creative, you see people with the job title, I'm a creative, senior creative. I think it is very vague, isn't it? Wordsmith seems a bit too a traditional. What did he say? A professional uh, words person. Words person. I'm using that. Yeah. Well, maybe it's one for the listeners. Maybe they should yeah, let us please know. Please let me know what you think we should replace the title of copywriter with. Well, believe it or not, we have the perfect place to leave those suggestions in the review section on Apple Podcasts. We'd absolutely love to see your comments in there as to what Eve's next job title is going to be. So we hope you enjoyed this episode of Social Minds. Please tune in next week for more.